I'm glad it's this week and not last week because I didn't have any voice last week. <laughs> um, I've got the children involved this morning, so you're going to be served by two of those lovely gentlemen out, out the back there, Zach and Zeke, and we're going to have the beautiful Meg in a minute. <laughs> um, today, I've based my talk on Luke 22 and John 13. And we read that the Passover feast was upon them and Jesus wanted desperately to celebrate with his disciples. They'd been together for three years now and Jesus knew that he was about to be betrayed and die. I think he wanted this last chance to be with his disciples just to make sure that they really understood what their role was going to be. I've been reading a book called Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus and and it did mess this talk up a bit because it was talking about discipleship in biblical times. And I think our modern day understanding of discipleship may be a little bit different to what the Bible teaches us. In biblical times, um, disciples followed their master, they travelled with them, they lived with them, they did life with them. And it was almost a little bit like an apprenticeship. In fact, they literally became the servants of the master. You can see um, Jesus called his disciples to follow him. They left everything and they followed him. And the aim of this was so that the disciples would not only learn what the master taught them, but they'd learn by observing their master closely how he lived. And the goal was to imitate and to follow the example and to become like the master. In the Old Testament, some um, examples of discipleship was Eli and Samuel. And I know we've got a lot of little Samuels in the church and I'm wondering how many Elis we have. And there was also Paul and Timothy. Paul was the master and Timothy was the servant. I was a little bit shocked when I read 1 Corinthians 4.16, how bold Paul was. He said to his to um, the people of Corinth to imitate me. Would you be bold enough to say that to anybody? Imitate me? And the reason why Paul could say it was because he imitated Jesus. That's a bit of useless information. Now the Passover time was upon them, the feast was on them and Jesus had prepared to celebrate it. The feast would have included eating and drinking and lots of conversation and reminiscing and remembering. And I thought, oh, I'd really like to be a fly on the wall in that room. Could you imagine eavesdropping in on all the conversations? I think it would be really interesting. One of the conversations, however, was about how Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to be be betrayed and he was going to die. And I had a little look and, and the reaction of the disciples was interesting. It was total unbelief. They'd followed Jesus for three years now. And I think it was the NIV, it said, one of the disciples said, how could, how could this be? It's unthinkable. How could anybody do such a thing? They were shocked. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if there was a lot of finger pointing and judging and, and you know, going on. I'm sure I would have been a little bit like that. It wasn't long if you'd listened to another conversation when an argument started to develop amongst the disciples about who was going to be the greatest when the kingdom came. And I thought earlier on in his ministry, Jesus um, had heard the disciples arguing amongst themselves and saying, you know, who's going to be the right-hand man, Lord? And Jesus rebuked them for it. And thinking about that, I thought, hmm, how would I feel? 
And I thought Jesus might have been feeling a little bit frustrated by, by now. And I thought he was saying, OMG, three years now and they still hasn't got it. The penny hasn't dropped. What do I have to do to get it into their heads that this is not the way it's meant to be? So what he did, he decided to demonstrate to them. Can I have Meg? poured out the water and then he took the place of a servant hope it's not too hot Meg and he washed the disciples feet and he wiped them on the towel how's that feel good? that's good pop it in this one oh she's got a bit of a sore on this one better be a bit careful Thank you very much, Meg. He took the towel off. Now we just resume our parts. Thank you, Meg. That was beautiful. And when it came to Peter's turn, Peter protested and he put up a bit of a stink. And Jesus made it quite clear to him that he needed to do this and that he would understand what he was saying. After he'd finished washing the feet, he turned to the disciples and he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You address me as teacher and master and rightly so. That's what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. The employer, the servant is not ranked above his master and an employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. And as we take those emblems and eat those emblems, I wonder if we could ask ourselves, do I really and truly understand what Jesus meant by being a disciple? So as we take that, let's just ask ourselves that question. And as I see it, we have two choices. We're either a follower or we're a disciple. If we're a disciple, then we must have a recognisable change in our life. We must be being changed into the likeness of Jesus and our focus must be on serving and also making disciples. And as I was thinking about that, I wondered whether Judas was actually a follower or a disciple. So just let's pray. Lord Jesus, we all want to be your disciples. We want to learn of you. We want to imitate you. We want to be changed into your likeness. And Lord, help us to serve and to go and make disciples.